Hey everyone, you're listening to the Have a Lockdown. Uh, this is our third episode, and today we've brought in a very special guest. Uh, we've got with us here Aaron McKenzie, who you might know from While She Sleeps, but who is also a very good friend of ours. Um, Aaron's been working with us on all of our videos, and we kind of consider him as almost a mentor these days. He, he helps us with loads of stuff, but he has mainly primarily been our videographer. Uh, um, so yeah, with that all said, here's Aaron, here's the rest of Havelock. How's it going, everyone? Hello. Hey, yeah, good. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, uh, how's everyone uh, been getting on in the, the, the lockdown the last few weeks since we last spoke? <laughs> Same um, have a lockdown good. live, that is. Yeah. <laughs> good, mate. Um, very busy my end. Um, we've been creating a lot of videos together. We're trying to do it as safely as possible during lockdown. Um, I've been doing that with my own band as well. And just, yeah, I'm, I'm just very busy at the moment. I'm also creating a lot of videos for local businesses around Sheffield. Um, so, yeah, it's been very busy. But it's nice that there seems to be a light at the end of the tunnel now. Um, yeah. By the time this comes mm. out, we will already be allowed to mix two households and six people outside, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that, that, I, I, try and, that I try and keep up. I think but so. I believe yeah. that. I, I don't. I don't know the rules fully. <laughs> um, but so yeah, it's it's nice, man. And the thought of gigs coming back, you know, just after summer, fills me with so much hope. <laughs> so yeah, just, yeah, definitely. Can't wait. Just can't yeah. wait. Just for things. Just for things to be back to normal. Is yeah. Is the is yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah, that's pretty much what's getting me through every day at the moment. Just knowing that we are getting kind of close to something happening. That's yeah. that's all we can hope for at the moment. Um, and is. yeah, it, it's kind of crazy to think that like even when we were recording the videos with you for Vampire Eyes, it was it was kind of just out of lockdown. It was in the middle of lockdowns, but it's like it was. It was that, we did that. We did that when restrictions were a little bit eased, didn't we? We shot that yeah. in November, if I'm not mistaken, and that was yeah, just yeah. before. No, it was while the tier systems was in place. Yeah. So yeah. we we were in tier three, but we were still allowed to work um, because like film sets and stuff like that, um, they're still classed as a workplace. So as long as you socially distance and you use PPE, you're still allowed to be on set and film if you can if you can do it safely. Um, and we thought we could do that. Definitely, the second video was definitely, definitely <laughs> safe. We, we were yeah. outside in the freezing cold. So no, it wasn't you safe. Yeah, it was yeah. safe from COVID. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was COVID it was COVID safe. But we, ne we probably nearly died. <laughs> the amount of smoke we inhaled. Um, so, yeah, I do apologize you, for that. You said obviously you've been working a lot with, um, you've been quite busy recently. Do you want to kind of give us an insight into what you've kind of been working on or like some of the businesses yeah, sure. you've been working with? Yeah, sure. Um, so at the beginning of this year, um, so like business promos and shooting for businesses, it's um, it's an avenue of filmmaking that I don't do that often just because I'm usually so busy, you know, with sleeps. Uh, you know, I'm the main content guy over there who kind of um, ev everything to do with the sleep society. We brought we brought Barnsley in, obviously, who you're um, very familiar with, who yeah, works yeah. with with me on all, mm -hmm. all your music videos. Um it's me and him who basically run all the content coming out of the sleep society. So we're very busy in that regard. Um, but yeah, at the beginning of this year, I just, you know, like just after all the announcements that were happening with Brexit and, you know, going into another lockdown, you know, like, I think it just feels like blow after blow, especially for local businesses mm. and Brexit in particular is going to fuck so many local businesses. And I just wanted to, use my skills that I've acquired over the years just to kind of 
help them out. And, you know, it, it's kind of like, it, it, it's a, it goes both ways, you know, because mm. I, it, I get to create films that I really enjoy doing. And then in turn, they get an awesome bit of content to put out that hopefully promotes their business. And I've also just started to collaborate with the This Is Sheffield Instagram account. And yeah, yeah. basically they're, they're going to be sourcing all the businesses. So it kind of takes something off my plate, you know, so I don't have to go out and, and, and find all these businesses to shoot for myself. They, they, they do all that kind of introduce us, um, set up all the meetings and write the briefs and everything. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like a trifecta of help, you know, everybody helping each other out. I don't take any payments for it just because like I said, I think it's very important now more than ever for people to be helping out the local businesses. Um, you know, why, why go to Starbucks when you can go to your local coffee shop, you know? Yeah. So that's yeah, the kind of thing that, that's the thing that I'm trying to do. Yeah. I think I saw you, you did, you did, I've seen your video for the guard coffee that, that place is sick. So I love, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so good, man. Um, and I know those guys obviously cause they're just down the road. So yeah. uh, they were the first them and Kellen Barber was the first two businesses that, um i sourced to do a video and i filmed them at christmas just before the new year yeah and yeah they came out amazing and they were the first two that i did so once i finished those i took those videos and went to a few other businesses and was like you know this is what i can produce for you um you know and and i found like it's it's such a nice thing to do like i found the interview aspect of it particularly fulfilling in a way it's just nice yeah. to be able to be able to talk to people and connect on like that kind of level and just giving them a, a space to tell their stories, like telling people stories yeah. in, you know, and I'm not trying to blow my own trumpet or whatever, but, but like <laughs> in, in a really nice visually, like emotionally kind of driven story. I think yeah. it's just really nice. And, and, and especially when they get it back uh, and, you know, and they end up loving what I've done. It's just, it is very fulfilling and it's just so nice to be able to do that for people. Yeah, yeah. I guess there's always that that thing when someone's so happy with what you've done that it's there's that sense of like you've done something good for the for the world. I guess when that that comes definitely, out, definitely. Yeah. yeah, and and it's also and it's also like a snapshot of their lives. You know, like they yeah. they're gonna have that for the rest of their lives and can look at and can look back on it in like decades to come and just be like, you know, they might not be still running that same business, or it might have, you know, they might have grown their business to the point where it's unrecognizable and they're doing really well. But either way they get something to look back on and be like, you know, that was the position we were in at the time. Yeah. And I think that's just a really nice thing. Yeah. And not many people get it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think no. it's different. Like we've, we've documented our band from the very beginning. So like, it's just second nature to us to always get the camera out and just film, just film everything that's going on around us. Yeah. Um, but not mm -hmm. many people get, get that because obviously, you know, the main aim for their business isn't to, deliver content although that is the way of the world now with social media and stuff that's how you yeah. grow your business but they're, they're so focused on the products that they're they're delivering and of the thing that you know that surrounds their business that you know they're, they're not going to get like a nice emotional documentary mini documentary about their business um, yeah, and it yeah. is just it's just nice to be able to do that for people yeah i think like we we've always like for so many years we've always thought yeah we'll we'll make sure we get a camera for when we do a tour and so we, we document everything we do and we never end up with a camera. We, we're just so bad with like actually, <laughs> oh, we'll, uh, we'll make sure to film stuff. We'll film the first day and then the rest of the week we'll, we'll just forget about. So yeah. it, kind of, it was kind of good when we, when we went, when we recorded that we actually got Haley in to kind of record that because we would have just forgotten about it. 
I mean, just exactly, yeah. And that's why I tried to make a point of like, that's something that you guys really need to do, especially because I think this EP is, it's going to be like a benchmark for you guys. You're going to look back on this when you're like a few full lengths deep and just be like, fuck yeah. Like I can, I can look back on that and it's going to be a very like nostalgic thing to be able to do. Yeah. And just, mm-hmm. and I think when you like look back at where you've been, it, it makes you, it makes you really appreciative of where, of where you're going to go. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, like at that, yeah. that, that, when you look back at that point, you didn't know where i mean and and now as we talk about this you still don't know where this is going to take you no, but yeah. when you look back at it you you'd like oh we had no fucking idea what was going to happen no so it's it's just a really nice thing to be able to look back and just to be able to realize like how much you've grown as a person because like i look back at you know some of our early stuff that we were putting out <laughs> in 2010 and i would just like you know i look back and just think how so naive back then man do you yeah. know what i mean um, so it is, it's is nice as like a self-reflecting thing as well. Yeah, I always think it's weird thinking about, obviously, because everything is documented so much now. Like When we're older, there's going to be so much to show. Like, you know, if you have grandkids or whatever, but like, there's just like my whole life is on the internet. If that's still around, then I'm just like, here you go. You don't, you don't, you don't need to hear my stories. This is it. <laughs> yeah, mm. I probably need to do a thorough search on the internet and get rid of a lot of stuff by the time I <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's so many interviews out there when I was just a a drunk fucking early 20s idiot <laughs> like sometimes i just turn up to interviews drunk and it wasn't good <laughs> i would just spout so much shit I don't go looking for that <laughs> that's the grief side though isn't it you can see where you've come from properly then and like matured through music and through being a person yeah definitely man and i think that helps uh perpetuate your growth even even more you know when you when you keep when you've got these things to look back on mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you find it kind of is it is it something you find more challenging when you do those videos because it's obviously something you're not used to or is it just just the fact that it's nice to do is it just it's not something I'm not necessarily used to like I'm not used to like the protocols and everything but like yeah. you know it's it's still me with my camera in my hand so yeah yeah um yeah it, it it's different obviously completely different from doing a music video but I've I'm fortunate enough to be to have been able to have done it a lot with a camera in my hand um, the past three or four years. And mm. I'm just like, no, no matter what kind of avenue of filmmaking I step into, because I'm comfortable with the image that I can produce, like it, it kind of makes me adapt to the situations a lot easier. Whereas, you know, if I was doing this two, three years ago, I would have been completely out of my comfort zone. But now I feel like because I'm just so used to what I do, it's, it's not... M- I wouldn't say it's not a challenge because I think everything's, I, I challenge myself constantly with every new thing that I make and I put my yeah. heart and soul into every single thing that I do. So I think challenge is not, is uh, the wrong word to use, but yeah, I guess I am just comfortable with how many hours that I've put in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think obviously, I, I think you are just like really good at when you, when you have a vision, I think you're good at making that vision come to life. Like when you, whenever you've given us an idea of something, you always like pull through so well with it. Like it's always like, oh yeah. yeah that, that that looks great that is exactly what you said sort of thing cheers <laughs> i appreciate that and i think that's a huge part of like i have to thank you guys a lot for that because you do put 100 percent trust in what i'm going to do not that you don't have any mm. ideas that you bring to the table <laughs> but like it, it's you know it is really nice to be able to flex my creativity and just be like these guys trust me with what i'm going to do it's a lot of pressure though as well at the same time but yeah. because we're, we're like pretty deep into this now we've done quite a few together i do like have an idea of what you guys also like visually as well yeah um mm. and 
yeah and it's just something like it's just something i've developed again it's just something that i've developed over the years like i think everybody's got these ideas you know but it's until you develop the skill set to be able to execute the ideas that's where they flourish even more do you know what i mean yeah. when, when you have this idea and you're like oh i know how to pull that off that that enables you to be able to build on it a lot more whereas if you have yeah, this yeah. idea and you you know and you try to convey that to some somebody else they've obviously got a different mind to you you can't share the vision in your head you can only do it with words but obviously words are really limited um and, and it, you know that's that's why I feel, I feel again I, I do feel really privileged to be able to get to the point where I'm at now because I think now it, I think more so it, it's I'm get I'm getting more comfortable with my camera I'm getting more comfortable mm. with it in my hand and being able to not think about what I'm doing on set in terms of like settings and stuff because I used to make some terrible mistakes back in the day <laughs> where I'd be like in the wrong frame rate or yeah or like you know I'd get my the, the footage back to the computer and I'm just like it doesn't look as good as i thought it was going to mm. but that's all a part of the learning curve isn't it like yeah now, now i'm in a position where like i'm sure i'll look back on the videos that i make now in a few years time and be like you know <laughs> not that i look down on them oh, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah, i'm sure i'm sure you know like there's always room for growth so i think it's the same with everything though like you can you'll, you'll always look back at older stuff and realize it's not as good as what you're doing now but it's it's just a learning curve and i mean even if you look back at the first few videos you did with us you can i mean we don't know we don't know anything about videos or content creation but if you look at the the videos for this ep then yeah, it's, it's like a massive jump on another, on another level yeah yeah that's what i feel like as well and I, and i do feel like being self critical is really important for getting better at stuff you know what i mean i don't want to be stagnant i don't want to be like in a few years time I, I should be looking back at the videos i'm making now and saying i could have done that better do you know yeah. what i mean then that that should be the same that should translate across any type of thing that is um you know any creativity that yeah, you know definitely. like like you guys should be writing better songs for the next album that you produce do you know what i mean yeah. otherwise you otherwise you're going in the wrong direction otherwise yeah, exactly. i just think what's the point in carrying on if you just like you know what i mean yeah just progressively getting worse <laughs> yeah so I think it I think it's a good thing. It's a good and a bad thing. I don't think you need to beat yourself up too too much about things, but I do think, you know, I am so self-critical. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. But I do think it's got me into the, you know, I, I I hate talking about myself on this kind of level, but I do think it's like it's got me into the in the into the position where I'm able to create some pretty cool visuals. Yes. So, I, yeah, I agree yeah. that you do. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> It's um, hard to be able to like talk about it, but when it's about yourself, you know. Yeah. So I do, pre I do appreciate it. So did it? Did it all just kind of start with filming the sleep stuff when you were just kind of touring or whatever? I mean, obviously, what what kind of point was it that you decided you were gonna do content creation as a sort of your own thing aside from sleeps? Um, it wasn't like a it wasn't like a singular moment where it happened. No. Just just to take you all the way back to the actual beginning, um, we had Tom Welsh out with us in the very beginning who filmed all our music videos that's matt matt's brother in the band he filmed all our music videos it still does but um he you know he came out on tour with us when we first started getting tours he came out and we were putting out like regular content like onto youtube and regular tour diaries and when we went to the studio for the first time he was there like creating studio diaries and i felt like we were really ahead of the curve at that time like obviously we didn't invent tour diaries or studio diaries or anything <laughs> like that but like i felt like back then we were ahead like we were doing it more so than anybody um yeah and and, and you know that that 
that grew our success because we were putting out all these like this this amazing content and then obviously that helped tom out because he was getting recognized for his work but then it got to a point where obviously we couldn't we couldn't pay for tom's time back then and it got to a point where mm. yeah he, he can't he can't just do free work forever right so uh, <laughs> there was there was bands that wanted him to work with him and you know your demise architects uh yumi at six they he's worked yeah. with all those bands and they they could pay him at the time so <laughs> so he went and worked he went and worked with them and um, you know and grew his own skill set and now he's fucking is the, the work that he produces is like a, on a world-class level he does adverts for like google and fucking adidas and loads oh, of shit. Like, That's the, yeah, the, the list is the list is enormous yeah but when we lost him it kind of left us a couple of years where we the content was running a little bit dry and it mm. felt like you know at one point we were ahead of the curve and then all of a sudden we we've almost i don't want to say we started the trend of everybody you know but like pe- you know people like your demise and and everybody in that kind of scene they were obviously saw tom's work and wanted to work with him so we must have enabled that thing to get you know what i mean it must have come from somewhere and we you know we kind of think we we were ahead of the curve and it it might have been us posting regularly that might have enabled other people to be like you know we should be posting this much as well yeah but then when that happened we were running dry because we didn't have anybody out with us so um but it was on the brainwash cycle where we signed to sony records um one of the biggest mistakes we've ever made. However, <laughs> at, at the time, they sent us out like a care package and there was like some Sony action cams in there. And I decided to put mine to good use. And I literally, you know, at the time, Instagram were only doing like 15 second videos and, and stuff like that. It wasn't as anything like it is today. But I just put it to good use and I just like went out with filming on it and like, you know, put it on stage like filmed like funny backstage things that mm. were happening and just, yeah, just like put it to good use. And when we launched the URW campaign, I can't, I still had that camera, but then we had um, like a Canon like band camera that we had at the time as well. Yeah. So I started using that and I created all the content um, for the URW camp, the URW campaign, which when I look back now, it's so atrocious, but <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, like I, I do, I am really grateful for, like, you know, everybody in the band for giving me room to like develop my skills because they could have turned around and just said, you know, this is fucking dog shit. We, we're not yeah. posting any of this stuff out. <laughs> but I don't think any of us knew any better. We were just, you know, we've always been a band with a, like a DIY ethic. And if we can't do something, we'll figure it out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so like literally, like fast forward a few years, like I think three years after that, you are we campaign. I'm making a music video for you guys and you, you guys yeah. were my first music video and yeah. And, and, and the rest is history, I guess. And it's just been about me just honing my skills, like spending honestly so many hours on YouTube, YouTube tutorials, like about how to, about camera settings and just fucking color grading and all that shit. Yeah. It literally, literally like putting in the hours is, is what's got me to where I am to be yeah. quite honest and yeah and now i'm in a position where i can work with bands to create music videos and work for businesses to create um like business promos and many other like avenues of filmmaking that i've gone down so 
yeah, it's been it's been a wild ride so far. But like now, yeah. like this year, I've been as busy as ever. But I fucking I love it. Yeah, I think I think at the moment it's it's more important to be busy than it ever has been as well. Just with because it's so hard to be busy for everyone with everything being short. It's good to have things to keep you motivated and keep you moving. Definitely, yeah, and it's and it's made people more creative i think because you have to be creative because yeah everything nothing's normal at the moment nobody can play a show do you know what i mean so it's like you do you do have to it is it has forced people to uh think on their feet a little bit yeah it's been, I, I think it's just been it's been quite hard i think we've been lucky i mean we're lucky that we have you involved because you are really good at kind of helping us make content and kind of helping us decide what like what we can post and what when to post stuff but i think for a lot of especially smaller bands who don't have anyone kind of helping them, who've just got to think of everything themselves and they're making their videos themselves and stuff. I just think I, it'd be so hard at the moment just to keep that kind of train running. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And it, it is hard. It is hard. And there's, there's no right or wrong per se, but there is certain times to post. There's certain things that you to post that will get you more interaction and interaction like equals it doesn't you know at one end of the spectrum it, it equals success like down the line do you know what i mean like yeah, this is yeah. this is the tool now this is the tool for growing our bands and this is the tool like marketing tools and you know there's there's so many different uh, aspects i mean like instagram now like you've got reels you've got stories you've got igtv you've got your normal posts and you can post stills or gifs yeah. or videos on across all of those things so it's yeah. like pe people who don't have much um knowledge in that area or haven't had the experience like I, you know i've been doing this now for 15 years in while she sleeps and and it's only because i've been doing it that long that i know what i know kind of what i'm doing do you know what i mean but yeah, i certainly yeah. didn't at the start but it's it, you know and this is why i like working with you guys because you know it it was a little bit of a romantic thing where you were my first music video and in it you know and <laughs> It, it, you know, and down the line, it's turned into me kind of mentoring you in like this managerial kind of role. But it yeah, was never yeah. meant to be that. It was just meant no, to no. be like I was. I was giving you advice on how to post your your first music video and, <laughs> and like when to post it, how to post it, what to do. Do you know what I mean? And then because I think we connected on a friendship level, that's kind of and yeah. because I and I I'm, I do all your music videos, it's kind of just turned into this thing, which I I really enjoy. Yeah, I think I think sometimes people get the perception that we were kind of always friends with you and we just were just like using that as like we're like, Oh yeah, we're friends with Aaron from Sleeps, but it was literally just we kind of ended up I don't know how we even ended up working together on the music video, but it was only through that that we just kind of started being I mean, it was James Hill, from. it was his fault. That was it. We'll blame he, we'll play. <laughs> he's to he's to blame for all this. Yeah, it's James Hill's fault. <laughs> because I think you were you were giving him a ride home from show you that you're playing at the rock bar or something oh. and then and then you was you guys brought up that you wanted to make music because you had your ep at the time recorded and you yeah. were like oh we need to make some music videos for it and then james was like aaron in sleeps makes content and then why yeah. don't you use him and then he told me that and then it was on you know i i put it to the back of my mind for a while i was like you know yeah it would be a great thing to do but i wasn't very confident in myself at that time with especially with making music videos because i didn't I, i've never done it before 
And mm. I remember fucking I over prepared so much for that music video. When I, when I, when I think about it, yeah. <laughs> but because now, because now I know what I'm looking for in terms of shots. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like then I remember over filming so much and like using like 30 percent of the of the footage. And I think that's why now yeah. we can get we can get away with doing shoots like The Arsonist, where yeah. we literally had I, like I remember dumping the footage onto my computer and looking at it. And I think there was 14 takes maximum, but because yeah, yeah. I knew what I needed to shoot to make it work. Do you know what I mean? It, luckily yeah. we, we got away with it and it is a great that, video. That facial shoot was relentless to be fair. <laughs> we we, we were shooting for ages. And also That's nothing, it was nothing compared to our first video crows. We, we shot that over two days and it's just, <laughs> oh a, and it's just a performance video. We, we like oh, camped out at that site and everything. God. and like woke up the next day filmed all the next day it was it was brutal yeah. but but because obviously tom at the time never shot a music video so he didn't know what he needed to shoot yeah, yeah. and and we're in the same boat now well you know like uh, the latest video we shot nervous uh it was so less grueling than what a lot of shoots have been and that's just yeah. because tom knows what to, he knows what to get yeah yeah yes yeah, and the video for that looks amazing so <laughs> cheers appreciate it yeah there's a lot of work um, okay so um we've talked quite a bit about the videography side but i guess one of the main things that we probably should talk about because it'd be a bit stupid if we didn't is how you first got into music i guess most people will probably know you from that side so just um overview. yeah um so i got into music i guess like alternative music i got into it when i was like 12 13 years old and I got into it because I was a big wrestling fan. <laughs> so I was like, I've been a big wrestling fan since I was a kid. And mm. when I was like, when I was like 11 to 12, I think that was like round about the Attitude Era. And that's when wrestlers, you know, everything, everything kind of had, you know, it was called the Attitude Era. So everything had a bit more pizzazz to it and it was a bit more X-rated. So along with that, you know, wrestlers would have songs that they would walk down. What's it called? Is, is it an aisle? It just felt wrong to call it an aisle then. It just felt like that's... Uh, runway. <laughs> well, whatever they walk, walk down, they would have like heavier like heavier side of music like as yeah. their entrance music you know like triple h had like motorhead and, yeah. and yeah. shit like that and um, they, lo they loved like new metal and stuff as well didn't yeah, they? Like exactly old, yeah old so bridge and all that sort of stuff yeah so like when i remember very specifically the first time that the undertaker made a comeback as the american badass and he came out to rolling by limp biscuit little did <laughs> i know is Little did I know that would change the course of my life forever. <laughs> like oh. I come, from, I come from like a, a village where there's like literally zero at the time. There was literally zero alternative people and nobody who really listened to rock music. So my world was completely sheltered like my entire life to that whole yeah. like side of music. And when I heard like this music, like you know, like Limp Biscuit had a song that had forty was it forty six fucks in the song or something? <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? It, like at twelve, thirteen years old, that absolutely blew my mind. Do you know what I mean? And because yeah, yeah. I like wanted to be a footballer before I started listening to alternative music and rock music. 
like literally I, and rock music just grabbed me by the scuff of the neck and was just like this way do you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> that was that was like that was the same sort of thing with me i think i think i was like oh i want to do sports and then i was like no i want to be in a band <laughs> yeah and I, I i think what appealed to me about it was aside from the fact that they were swearing in songs it was like the first time where I felt like I could take my life in like my, my own direction. And that felt good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it felt like mm. the first time where it, it, I guess it was the first time that I felt any form of rebellion in my mindset. And I was like, you know, I don't have to do anything anybody else does. And I just, in the whole kind of community of like the rock world just appealed to me. And yeah, yeah and, and that was, that was how I got into uh rock music i guess and then my, my taste developed over the years um it, at first it was new metal like bands like limp biscuit linkin park linkin i mean still linkin park they're, i mean yeah, they're definitely. unquestionably like yeah, hybrid, yeah, hybrid theory like literally i think so many bands in our generation were born because they got into that music that that album in particular do you know what i mean yeah yeah um and then it was like i remember pop punk was massive in my life um I kind of, so I got into new metal and then I was getting into the heavier side of new metal, like, uh, like Slipknot and stuff like that. And then, and then it, for some reason, like overnight, I, I was just like, I like pop punk now. And I love, <laughs> I love Blink-182, Sum 41, all that kind of stuff. And then it started getting heavier again. And I remember like, I think Funeral for a Friend was that turning point band where I was like, Oh, these these kind of still sound like the bands I was listening to, like Taking Back Sunday and stuff, but they're screaming. And that yeah. was kind of the gate that was the gateway for me. And um after Funeral for Friends, yeah, that that then that was it. Do you know what I mean? Um got into like metalcore, like bands like Azalee Dying, Still Remains, and all and all that side of um of rock music. And that was kind of how I met everybody in the band i guess uh, i met sean through skateboarding uh, our mutual love through skateboarding and we also yeah. lived in the same village he was literally like a stone's throw around the corner i think at one point he lived in two places in the village and at one point he lived where like we could see each other's houses do you know what i mean um, and, and uh yeah so i've known sean forever and he also he knew matt and then yeah and we just all got into the into the same music and and we hung hung around with each other because of that i guess and and then we formed well they fought they formed sleeps i was in a, a separate band at the time and uh because they already had a bass player but i slowly edged him out because he never he started like to not turn up to practice so i was just like um, i can i can do this, yeah, this <laughs> um but like you know he was just one of those things where he they, their friendship kind of grew apart and i was just like i'm around all the time i can do this but i'm a guitarist um initially that's that was my the, my first love um picked up a guitar when i was like 13 14 years old and was like the lead guitarist in quite a few bands before sleeps mm -hmm. and i only picked up bass because that was the only position available yeah. <laughs> so but um yeah but then after that absolutely fell in love with playing bass and um joined while she sleeps we had a singer called jordan widdison for about three years um yeah. still still a really good friend um still see him on a regular basis well not the past year anyway <laughs> but um, <laughs> before then i saw him quite regularly um and then yeah we we did a show in doncaster and loz's old band called 
what were they called at the time? They had a few names. I think it was I think they were Fail to Reason at the time. Mm. And uh, yeah, and we just hung out together after that show. And they came back to the barn, I believe, on that first night. And the barn was our old practice space at Matt's dad's old house. And then they came there and we just like smoked a bunch of weed and became really good friends. And then we just started <laughs> booking shows together after that. Yeah. And then, yeah, three years later, when we got like a, we got offered like our first ever official tour with a band called Ignominious Incarceration. <laughs> Crazy name. Oh, but... <laughs> Ignominious Incarceration. I think it's a character wow. from Final Fantasy oh, okay. who is incarcerated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah they took us out and he and the drummer from that band who's still a really good friend of ours he did the trippy video for you are all you need our last single so oh, yeah. he's still a real good friend that's cool but, um so yeah we were just we were all like working jobs and in college at the time and we were just like you know are we are we going to do this or not like i don't think another opportunity is going to come along um yeah. you know if we if we if we don't take it up now i think we'll be kicking ourselves so we did we we quit everything but yeah um jordan at the time who, are, who was our singer he had a really good job and he didn't want to give it up and he wanted a more stable life i guess um yeah. is the way you could put it and yeah, yeah so um, it was an emotional goodbye with him and then yeah the first person we we called was Lars, and, we, and he always wanted to he was always like a, a a sixth member of the band you know what i mean and yeah um so yeah he joined and i remember that when laws quit his job he was working at a school and we picked him up the day that he quit his job and he he was like um he was a teacher for people in the school who had a little like mental disabilities and uh mm. but he he like he got in the van he had to wear a uniform and he got in the van ripped the uniform off and was like let's fucking go <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and, was, and that was and we like literally all moved in the barn together. It was so it's so bad. It was so bad for us. I think we fucking you know we drank a lot back then. Yeah. And yeah. Um, we um, yeah we we moved moved in the barn literally a week or two later and wrote the North Stands for nothing. In what would we plan for it to be a month? But it took three months because we were just getting hammered the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's the uh, that's the story of sleeps. And then obviously off the back of. Uh, no stamps nothing we were just almost it, it was almost in the position that you guys are in now do you know what i mean like mm. no stamps for nothing we called it a mini album it, it was an ep do you know what i mean it was seven songs yeah. with, with five full length songs with like two interludes or whatever so it was an ep um but yeah we just went out touring off the back of that and just took ourselves out on tour just got on whatever show we could headed you know got our own van headed out to europe and just and it's been a non-stop hustle until literally now sitting down sitting to like talking to you guys yeah yeah like it's it's an endless hustle like when you think when you think oh we've made it that's when that's always when the real work starts yeah i always i always look at you guys and that's when i always think like there is no stuff like it it, the bigger you get the harder it seems the harder you have to work completely yeah otherwise (laughs) you you need to push yourself past that precipice do you know what i mean you need to otherwise you're just gonna you're not gonna push you're not gonna push forwards you need you need to put in the hard work you, you because you can't expect to put in the same amount of work that you put in like a year ago like that that's unfortunately the way it goes the more success comes with a bigger workload yeah and that's just the way it mm. is but but if you have a passion for it it doesn't feel like work yeah do you know what i mean you, you enjoy definitely. doing it so 
So yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the most concise biog that I can give you. Yeah, I'm sure there's like obviously like so much more to be said, but Oh yeah. Yeah. What's the what's the barn by the way? Is that just um the barn was like an extension to Matt's dad's old house. Um it was it, like he had a house in Netherlandworth and there was literally a barn building attached to it but it, the loft of the barn was converted into like a room and we turned that into a ban room and that's where we um literally we were there 24 <laughs> 7 just yeah we were just there together all the time like yeah. we we literally like lived there we literally lived there for like three months that's sick though that's so yeah. cool yeah yeah but i think we worked out when we look back um like how much we recorded like per day the equivalent of how much we recorded per day i think it was 12 seconds so it was, <laughs> it was because uh yeah we had we had other focuses at the time we were honestly the typical just i, I don't know if it's because of like our, our background of like coming from like working men's villages I, you yeah. know what i mean but I, we definitely was entrenched in that that mentality of just binge drinking we just came from that do you know what I mean? So we definitely, mm-hmm. definitely um, did that a lot. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily <laughs> like rare in bands, to be honest, because a lot of a lot of the people in in the in sort of like alternative music do come from like that sort of working class, like villages yeah. and stuff like that, because it's 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 music that sort of speaks to them on the level that they're at. Um, definitely, yeah, so... and and it's like that was that's the background. That's the background of like of of coming from the uk and especially like in the northern parts of uk um it's just what you do it's part of growing up is that you just go out and you drink but then throwing yourself at such a young at such a young age throwing yourself with that mindset into another culture that is like it glamorizes like drink drink and drugs you know what i mean we were just like we 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 were thrown headfirst into it completely Oh, I'll, yeah. well, I'm I'll looking, ask a, a slightly um, <laughs> less sad question, I guess. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's fine to talk about like those sorts of things, but it, it it's nice to remind yourself of like all the the less negative sides of it. It like, wasn't it wasn't all negative by yeah. any means. We had a fucking good time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, we had a very good time. Um, but yeah, it's not something you can do forever. That's oh, all. Oh no, say. definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, I guess you sort of like you you appreciate the time that you did it but it's not something that you would want to carry on now absolutely yeah i've got it out of my system yeah. i don't want to I, I don't want to continue that life into my 30s yeah. like honestly yeah. like like being productive and working that's my new partying and just and just yeah. become and just becoming <laughs> a better and just becoming a better version of myself and just because yeah. i think when you are thrown into like head first like i said a culture that is glamorizing drink and drugs you it's it's hard for you like you know it, we were at a place in a time in our lives where we were young adults and we were still developing you know what i mean our brains were still developing so um it, yeah it's, it's something that definitely has a backlash a little bit later on um so yeah like but you've got to sort that out and that's what i'm in the in the midst of trying to do yeah it's not a particularly style uh lifestyle that comes hand in hand with like longevity in terms of uh like physical and also like oh absolutely not. unless unless you want to be that like toothless guy yeah like, exactly propped, yeah. Up, 
props up at a bar in your 50s do you know yeah. what i mean it's just it's not who i want to be and if you do not, if you want it like oh yeah as a professional musician as well you mean you know it's just not going to get anything done and you won't look good uh, at any point doing it so absolutely yeah. yeah yeah it is the right mentality to have obviously definitely yeah um i think you know it it's men don't really open up about their emotions anyway so i think when you're masking all your emotions as a young man going into adulthood it's very it starts getting very hard to undo and i found that's like the pickle that i got in um because when i decided to stop drinking because of like you said because of the lack of longevity that comes with that kind of lifestyle um there were a lot of cracks in my mental health started to show um but i think it was necessary i've had to work through it because it's a necessity for just growing as a person yeah i think i think a lot of bands as well a lot of bands do kind of will when on their kind of road to getting big the kind of start of that is when they're at an age where they're growing so much like you know when they're just kind of getting into adulthood so many bands get big at that sort of stage and don't have the like they don't grow up in other cultures they grow up like you said in the just partying drinking every night sort of culture and they don't they have a different obviously bringing up as other people do yeah definitely and because it's you know it's such a fucking roller coaster ride man do you know what i mean like like especially when like the trajectory from north stands for nothing to this is the six coming out and playing like electric ballroom off the back of this is the six coming out is like two years yeah. So that was a fucking roller coaster of a ride, and it was also almost like a coping mechanism because if if I wasn't doing that, I would have, you know, it's just so crazy you can't comprehend what's happening. So it's yeah. it's totally it's totally like a coping mechanism. But, but at the same time, I think, like I said, because of the culture that we, in our background that we come from, it doesn't really teach us that that was the only thing, way that we knew how to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. So. I guess this um, brings us really nicely round to the the new video and and the well most importantly the the advert that sort of came alongside it. It didn't start off as an advert, but I've I, I saw yesterday that it was it started hitting terrestrial and, and national TV. Um, and yeah. so, do you want to talk a bit about the the concept behind Nervous and and how that was to film and and what sort of brought that out as a a mini project before the the song was released um sure yeah um it was kind of just like a a marketing tool i guess is the wrong thing to say because what the the main point behind nervous was nervous is a blunt look at mental health and it's a look at in particular of sean's struggles that it's a very personal song to sean but we've all had mental health issues in the band so it's something that's very close to our hearts and um so we were just like, you know, we need to use this opportunity to like use nervous as a marketing tool to spread awareness of mental health issues because it is stigmatized completely, especially in the UK, you know, and especially in men in the UK, we get told to have a stiff upper lip and to not talk about, not to talk about our feelings. And um, yeah, so we obviously, you know, like we've, we've shot many adverts before in the past and I, I, wanted to approach this advert in the sense of almost like holding like a a group therapy session um among people and getting people just to talk about their problems and using our platform to kind of like elevate their voices to talk about their problems um 
and it was really hard. It was really hard to do. Like it was really hard to conduct that interview because, you know, I'm not a therapist. I'm not somebody yeah. who's always emotionally available for other people's problems because I'm working on my own, but I thought it was something very important to do. And it was very emotionally taxing, but also a cathartic experience at the same time. I remember coming away from doing those interviews and like crying, like just to be yeah. quite honest, because it yeah. was, because it, it felt like such a good thing to do. Um, you know, we always want to do our part to kind of make the world a better place, I guess. And, but, you know, just to know, like, not only is that going to, help people if they see this advert it you know like every, every little thing that you see do and experience changes the course of your life do you know what i mean so somebody could have seen that advert and it could have possibly been the difference between life and death for them in fact i know it has because i've had people message me about it saying literally i'm in tears like i'm i'm, I'm in such a bad place and i don't know what to yeah. do with myself and the fact that we're opening up this conversation um for people to just be more open about how they feel like i think it's crazy that why is it the social convention to literally like when you when you greet each other and you ask you ask how somebody's doing and why you know if that person's not doing okay why you know the the general response is like oh yeah i'm fine how are you but yeah. do you know what i mean like but what yeah. why but why is that why is that the norm why we're we not more open to talking to each other because like imagine if you had like a lot of people in the room new people who've never met each other how many of those will be anxious and nervous around those people, but thinking that they're the only people who are experiencing that. So I think yeah. that's crazy because like we, we think it's the thing that separates us, but it's the thing that unites us. So yeah. this nervous is such an important thing that's close to our hearts. And, you know, it, the whole thing has just been an emotional roller coaster. Um, yeah. But to see it connecting with so many people, because, yeah. you know, the fact that, when you you don't really say I'm nervous in confidence, do you? Like you never say you never admit it to anybody. But no. the fact that there are lyrics in a song, and hopefully sometime down the line there's going to be thousands of people screaming those words I'm nervous. It almost is breaking down a barrier in itself, isn't it? Because yeah, yeah. because you know we all know what what the energy is like at a show. Like words summon feelings, and music evokes emotion. Yeah. So like. We're getting thousands of people to say I'm nervous. It's almost like bringing down that barrier in an, in an instant, and yeah, and hopefully it will will have a ripple effect. We just want to be a part of the greater good, yeah. and and I think and I think now more than ever, off the back of and still being in a lockdown where it's affecting people's mental health so much. I know it's certainly affected mine. Yeah. Um, I think we need to be open with each other more than ever. Yeah. yeah. And I think especially I think, oh. bringing down those barriers, not just for the general public, but also there's a bit on it where there's there's a pharmacist talking about like handing out sertraline like it's like it's nobody's business. And whilst that yeah. is something that helps some people, there's there's almost this reaction by doctors to just do the thing that they think is is gonna immediately solve the problem and for a lot of people something like that is just like a band-aid for some people that's what they need and and to have that solves everything that they they needed but like that's true yeah but having be able to like raise this conversation towards like like people that might be prescribing things like that or like suggesting oh have you tried sports if if you mentioned that you're feeling like anxious and stressed and depressed because i know that i've been on the receiving end of that it's yeah. it's just important to like to to sort of say like th this is not the only way to solve that and 
And the only way that we're going to discover how to solve that amongst everyone is if everybody actually has a conversation about it. Absolutely, yeah. Like humans are amazingly complex creatures and com and em emotions are this new thing. I mean, if you look in terms of how the age of the universe and the age of Earth in itself, you know, like being self-aware of your emotions is a very new thing and it's a very difficult process. Do you know what I mean? And the, and dealing with it is is a very new human problem to try and overcome. And it's not a one size fits all. Like I think you're completely right with some people, antidepressants are just gonna be a band-aid on the problem. But I do think some people have a chemical, like a yeah. true chemical imbalance but in their brain, people... where it's, it's like to, just to say to that person, if you get out and go and do some exercise, you know what I mean? I don't think it's gonna fix their problem. But it's it's not like a one size fits all no, at all, and but I think yeah, yeah. I think I think the main issue is that we're not talking to each other. Yeah, about exactly. It. Like if yeah. you have yeah. that conversation, then you become aware of all of the different ways that you can get help, and it's not just like you're limited to either, you know, um, have medication, go do sports, or go to a therapist. Like, there's definitely other ways to do it besides those three. And like like you say, like for some people that's all they need to fix it and that's brilliant but just opening it out and and getting everybody involved we've all got such different brains like obviously yeah. The definitely same yeah and it, and it was something that i was before i went through it myself i was i wasn't empathetic towards it i was obviously when i saw people who was going through it who were close to me i tried to be there for them but i think until you go through it yourself you, you can never really truly understand what it's like for for anybody else. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about it now. And I think that's why all of us in the band are so passionate about it because we've all experienced it like yeah. on so many different levels. And if we're not using our platform to spread that awareness, you know, like I, I try to think about like, what am I going to tell my future kids? What, what did I do when the world was in crisis and I had a voice that would speak to a lot of people what am i going to say to them you know and it need like mm. we, we need to use it for good yeah and i've seen mm. that like as cliche and as cheesy as that sounds that is literally <laughs> yeah. like do you know what i mean it's, like that's 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 the main aim with great power comes great responsibility yeah, yeah uncle ben said it best didn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's, it's totally true though like with the sleep society stuff well i mean we can talk more about that in a second but uh, the mental health like mass masterclass i guess is the right word the the stuff that sean's been doing on the instagram live and and it, like i saw there was a yeah. like a bit a, a bigger one that you did just to launch the whole thing that sort of thing and bringing that sort of community amongst the people that are interested in you and interested in your music is so powerful and for other bands to see that and for other like just everybody in the music industry to see that is it's it's actually like it gives me goosebumps to think that 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 that's even possible. This, yeah, I, yeah, definitely, man. And you know, like we've created such a cool community inside the Sleep Society. Um, before we even launched anything to do with Nervous, the weekend before we had um, a big Zoom hangout with all, like m most of the Sleep Society members who are in the Revolution tier, and. It was basically like a, the theme of it was like nervous and it was almost like a group therapy session. And we were just giving people a safe space to like open up about their problems. And some people, it was the first time that they were, I think the, the main thing that 
like you know the mental health epidemic is so big and so vast is because i don't think people identify can identify it as mental health problems they just think it's just something they're going through so they can't identify that it's anxiety or like a big traumatic experience that they've maybe not uh, digested very well and they've bottled up do you know what i mean and some people in the society it was the first time that they opened up about a lot of their stuff and it was so moving to like hear some of their stories some people had absolutely tragic stories and yeah. you know like being able to give people that safe, safe space after that and you know and i opened up to to them a lot about a lot of the stuff that i've been through and and before you talk about this stuff like there was one line in the uh in the nervous advert that a, a very lovely gentleman winston said that was the end quote is that after feeling nervous comes euphoria both powerful emotions to be embraced and it's like you know it seems so daunting to be able to talk about these things but like i after that zoom chat that i had with everybody i i was honestly on a high for hours i was just like that felt yeah. so fucking good to open up to people do you know what yeah. i mean and i think mm -hmm. i think that's that's the issue again like we're we're not we're not talking to each other and and i and i also think it's this thing that that is in society this stupid notion that happiness is the only kind of um emotion that we should be accepting of yeah. you know i think we need to understand that we come we complex creatures with a, a wide variety of emotions and if you only you know and it's the yin and yang of life isn't it how can you if you're perpetually happy you're not going to know what happiness feels like so i think you the the times when you're going through a low it'll have a lot less traction if you just accept it and just know that it'll pass because that's the state of the universe nothing will last forever it will change at some point mm. the universe is in an ever like changing state so i think people need to understand that you know and i think that's some that's a message that sean's really getting out there because he really overcome um what he went through by like some eastern teachings and like in understanding that philosophy that you know there's there's ups and downs in life but if you don't attach yourself to either of them so wholly you know you, and just understand that both will come at some point or other then i think we would have a lot of a more healthy mindset in society yeah i think a lot mm. of the time you see with like especially when you see a lot of celebrity sort of like when they've kind of committed like suicide or anything and it's obviously they've had such terrible mental health a lot of those celebrities have always seemed so bubbly and happy yeah, definitely. yeah, like I Robin Williams. I'll, yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll, like I'll show, showing that. showing that face all the time actually is more tiring than being able to just be able to just say I'm not I'm not well at the moment I'm not happy. But when you've got to say you're happy all the time, going back and then like when you're not happy underneath, it's just tiring you out and wearing your own ability to carry on. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. Yeah, um, I think it, I think it's so important to talk about and for people to you know because depression does disguise itself you know it it hides behind a smile and and like like i said at, at the beginning you know like it's it's just important man it's just important to talk to yeah. each other and and if you know if somebody asks you how you're doing like i think we we need to start being comfortable with saying how we truly feel because you know sometimes I, a lot of what gives me anxiety about going out into society if i'm not feeling good is the fact that i've got to put on a front so i think you're completely yeah. right and 
a lot of the times if somebody if i asked somebody how they were doing and they were to say you know what i'm not feeling great i'd be like so relieved and be like fucking hell you know what me neither yeah, shall, yeah. We talk, shall we talk yeah. about do you know what i mean so why isn't that the norm why is why do we have to float on the surface talking about bullshit yeah that's why i want to know <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's, a that's a good effort to have though Instead, yeah. we just we just do pointless small talk. <laughs> exactly. All the time. So I'm glad we touched upon this in this podcast because I do think it's important to be talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah and and, and, and you know and 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 hope you you asked me about both aspects there. You you was like you know talked about the you asked me to talk about the advert but and the song but and and the and the video that came with the song but I think this part of it is more important. This is why yeah. I've delved into this a little bit um, because that was that was the whole point of it. The, the video is cool itself yes like we, it's, we put a lot of effort into it and, I, and it's fucking and like massive shout out to simon neil who took his oh, time yeah. to be part of it so uh and yeah it was a lot lot of effort and and i think it you know we we try to convey that message through the imagery we try to make it symbolic in the fact that we're being us watching ourselves on a screen we kind of we're trying to be self-reflective we're trying to show yeah. that we're trying to show that you know and hopefully other people can see we're doing that and take that message on themselves. Yeah, those like those shots look wild, like with the big screen and everything. That yeah, it, just it was massive. <laughs> well, originally it it was going to be we shot those shots in the warehouse. I don't know if you recognised it. it was the same warehouse as the Sleep Society video. Yeah, I'd noticed that to be fair. But um, we we originally it was just going to be this RT marketing video for. Um, for the sleep society but then once we watched the the footage back and i think it was sean who suggested you know we we needed to come up with a concept and, and a video for nervous and sean was just like we've shot like a fucking music video quality like we've shot, shot this footage already we've got like half a music video here so why don't we why don't we make a, a go down this path and you know use these greens as a way to like show that we're self-reflecting and and yeah and then once we made that decision to go down that, down that road we um you know we decided to get two more locations and you know add a little bit of performance into it because i i, I think we did need that in the video too because you know although everyone's saying it, it is like a softer side to us yeah. i do think it hits hard at the same time so i think i think it needed that aspect to it as well with the performance yeah i mean it's a softer side of you but it is definitely a part of you it's still still there <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we wrote it, so it has to be yeah, us, yeah, by yeah. definition. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, what's, it, what's it been like, Aaron? Obviously, you've worked with Simon Neal on this song, and then uh, I think another, another one of the songs, I'm not sure which one it is, you've worked with Derek Wibley from Sun 41. What's it been am, like working? I'm, I'm so jealous about that, by the yeah, way. Yeah, you are. <laughs> um, absolutely mind-blowing, to be quite honest. They've both been just really nice to work with, um, really nice people um you know some the saying is you never want to meet your heroes you know because you if they yeah, turn out yeah. to be a dick then so much of your life has been lost idolizing these yeah. people and i definitely fucking idolized some 41 at one part of, of my life I, it, it they shaped me in many ways because the watching their dvds as like a, a young teenager i was just like that made me want to be in a band, like be on a tour bus and play live and just have, just spend my life having a good time with my mates. That's what I wanted to do. Um, so to get to work with Derek was absolutely mind blowing. And 
yeah and he delivered i think on this song you haven't heard it yet but trust me it's great no i'm looking forward I'm, to hearing I'm it i'm so excited to hear that it's, yeah it's, it's really it's really good man um and yeah and again simon i was a massive fan of biffy claro still am and i remember before i quit my job my current job i i had a terrible job i was working at a skip place sorting out like on a conveyor belt sorting out all the materials that came in a skip it was terrible like soul destroying um but i we had in me and sean worked there and we had the radio on all the time and biffa claro got played on the radio almost constantly when mountains was out so yeah. both have been very full circle moments um, and yeah, like I said, just both, both of them have just been amazing to work with. Um, you can really tell that they've had a, a many years in the industry because they, they've really perfected their art and what they do. Yeah. And to be able to bring that into something that we've done, in my opinion, our best work yet. And I know that's so cliche to say, oh, you know, our new album's our <laughs> best work yet. And it's a progression <laughs> from the last stuff, it, you know, but I, I genuinely do think that it is. Um, yeah. I, and I couldn't be couldn't be happier. It, like they they both really killed it. How From what you, I've heard, I, 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 oh god, sorry, sorry, go on. I was gonna say, how did you like um, approach them? Like how, yeah, did so Operation I kind of form initially? So we were just like putting the feelers out for many people to guest on this album. We've we've always been quite precious about it, but then with this album, yeah. we've just been like, fuck it, let's just see what we can do and see who we can get um and so simon neil we got him through uh l works you know l loz's brother he tour managed mm -hmm. frank Carter and the rattlesnakes for a long time and they toured with biffy claro at one bit or did a few shows with them and got really good friends so we got a, we got a contact through him mm. um they've just re-announced that show haven't they i think they're doing another frank Carter is doing another show with Biffy. they are yeah with young blood and yeah I saw that, yeah. So they're doing that. Um, and the, yeah, they've played with them quite a few times. So that's how that um, facil facilitated the whole thing. And it was, couldn't thank him anymore. But it, it was also, it turns out like Simon was a fan of the band for many years because we went on tour with the Bullet yeah. for My Valentine and their lighting guy was like, I also do lights for Biffy and he's a massive fan of you guys. So it's always been at the back oh, of our wow. minds for, <laughs> for a couple of albums now to ask him. But um, yeah, on this one, like I said, we were going to be relentless with the asking of people to get on our album. So, yeah. um, so that's how that came about. Um, the Derek one came about through james hill the legend who is james hill again <laughs> <laughs> because i think james was on tour with them so i don't actually know the the story so i'm going to butcher it probably but i think mm -hmm. J james knew the tour manager james james was doing sound for a band who was on tour with some 41 and the tour manager from them and the tour manager of some 41 were really good friends so it was very many people removed but down the line we got to derek's manager <laughs> And, and at first it didn't look like it was going to happen because I think Derek was having a baby at the time and, you know, and that's very stressful. So it, at first he turned it down and he was like, I'm sorry guys, like it, this is amazing. But, you know, I think he was like having a baby and freaking out and just being like, I'm not going to have time. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but then once, once, once the baby was born, he, he came back and was like, I'm, is, am I too late for this? Because I'd really love to still be a part of it. And we were just like, try to play oh, off good. dead casual and that. But inside we were like, oh my God. <laughs> When we finally I, got, I when we finally got those stems through of his vocals, we, everyone were losing their shit. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was I, really cool, man. I wouldn't have been able to, I wouldn't have been able to hold it in on a phone call to Derek Wibley. Oh no, dude, oh dude, yeah, we had um, so we were shooting 
Sleep Society, that music video, and we had a call with him because, you know, when Derek asks you to take a call, you're not going to be like, um, yeah, you take the call. <laughs> yeah, you're like, not like, oh, can you change it? Uh, we've, we've actually got a music video. We were like, we stopped like doing takes like 15 yeah, minutes yeah. before that call, went in a quiet little room. He was on loudspeaker to shut Sean and Matt were the only people speaking, and everyone else were just like hands around their mouths, just being like, oh, I'm probably, like, <laughs> I'm probably really like, um out in us here but like yeah we were we were very fan we were fangirling big time yeah, I, but, yeah. I, I, but yeah it was yeah uh both of them have performed so well and yeah really really happy yeah. are we allowed to ask who uh, you were putting your um feelers out to like what kind of um other vocalists are you um, to work with and stuff like that we asked we asked uh, caleb from bear tooth Oh, it was. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think we, he'll probably. I don't know. I don't know if we'll end up working together in the future. But um, he he seemed up for it, but it just didn't work out. Yeah. Um, a few others. I think we asked. We asked so many people. Honestly, I couldn't even reel them off. No, um, and yeah. So yeah, I know Caleb from Beartooth is one. But mate, yeah. so maybe that'll happen in the future. Maybe well, it won't. I mean, you got you got good results anyway. You got you got yeah, you got definitely. some of the, the big hitters there. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I'm not complaining at all. No. Um, yeah, so we were going to just, we, we touched on it a bit, but because um, obviously through this release now, or like prior to, you um, did the Sleep Society stuff. And obviously that when that music video came out and you had the uh, like the press release video prior, um, which was obviously amazing. Um, what yeah. was like the process in terms of coming a up with the idea of that? that as well. Yeah, there were. Um, <laughs> what was like Cameos. the... Um, yeah, yeah. Because you're the, like obviously the first band to do anything like this, and obviously you might set a trend for other people to do similar things. But how did that come about, and what was the thinking? No, I don't want to say we were the first band to do it because we definitely weren't. But I think we were the first band to kind of market it like this could be an alternative for the current music industry. Because I don't want to say the music industry is completely on its ass because I think there's a lot of people out there who still have a genuine passion for lifting bands up into the position where they can connect with people and help them grow. But I do think, and we've experienced it. I do think there's a lot of people who get into the music industry for the wrong reasons. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of snakes in the grass. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I think the problem is that is it's a dated system that doesn't really serve the paradigm of like the streaming service world. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'm not saying streaming services are bad. I'm not saying they're a bad thing at all. Mm. And they help so many bands like Havelock and While She Sleeps Alike, you know, and it gets bands um, out there to so many people. But I think the current system is failing to adapt to this new way of operating. So the Sleep Society is just our version of trying to adapt to that because, you know, we, we, we've got so many fans who are behind us and we have been very fortunate to grow um, our fan base over the years. And, you know, it, and it all started with the URE campaign, I guess, because we we had such a bad experience. Like I was saying earlier, brainwashed uh, signing to Sony was one of the biggest mistakes we made. But I mean, you know, I don't want to dwell on it because it's probably set us off on the path that we're on now. But we didn't feel like we were being served very well. We felt very much like small fish in a big pond when it came to Sony. They literally forgot we were on the record label at one point. God. And, and, it, and it, was a, it was a massive shambles. Um, so, you know kickstarters and and pledge music they they were kicking off at the time so we were like 
we want to go down this route and it means that we don't get in debt um to, to a label you're not going to give us an advance that we're going to have to pay off with interest and you know we're not going to have to do any of that and we asked our fans if you know it's we're relying on you to make this possible and if you care about this band then invest in this band in a way you know but mm. so you are we was such a great model and it was and it elevated our band into a place where i don't think we would have gained as much as much success like we did if we if it wasn't for that because it was such a big talking point at the time we yeah. had so much press press because of it and stuff um and then you know on so what record we kind of went back to to an older model we didn't you know we're not deceiving people we're not just like saying oh we're, we're doing this thing and we we don't believe in the music industry then go straight back to a label that wasn't it at all we actually found a label uh spy farm span farm records who you know they approached us and they said we don't want to mess with the vibes of that you guys have created um we you know the sleeps brothers branding will be pushed at the forefront of everything um and but we just want to help you reach more people um so we did that on the so what record it, it just didn't it just didn't feel as special you know so what was a great record and i love it but and, and it probably came with a lot of breakdowns that everybody was having at the time that was yeah. kind of the time when i talk about like most of us going through hardships that was around about the time when that happened and we've put that on raw display on the documentary that we put out um but so you know we were just like what what do we do for this next record after this because we don't want to do a similar thing and you know because the vibes of the, the URE campaign went so well we were just like how can we do that but make it a sustainable thing and just keep you know and and get people to invest in this band not just like a not just a one-time thing but to keep it going and since URE Patreon has become a massive platform and it's really big for like YouTubers and podcasters and stuff like that. But we didn't see many bands doing it, particularly in our genre of music. So we were just like, why not? Why not use that yeah. platform and, and get people to sign up? We we give out, you know, we we feel like we've gained so much knowledge over the years. We wanted, and I think it's because like we're very typically Northern people as well, where we want <laughs> we want to make sure we're giving people a lot for their money. We didn't want yeah, to. Yeah. We wanted to, we wanted it to be the opposite of a scam. So it was like yeah. you know if we're going to do this, we we need to like if people are paying us monthly, we want to create a community where we we're offering our advice. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe maybe it could be a thing where you know bands use it as kind of like. A model for themselves and and use the tutorials that we do within the society is like maybe they can skip stages one and two and not make the same mistakes we made you know what i mean and um it worked fucking so well man and i'm so proud of it like the community that we've created in there as well like i've never been closer to our main core like fan base and it, it's yeah. so good like we we know most of them by first name now um and That's yeah cool. I, I couldn't have asked for it to go any better is it um, nice having that as like um like a while you're not performing and recording like almost as like a full time job as what you do extra? Does it take up a lot of time doing? Obviously, you do the videography um stuff. Does that take up a lot? And you have to film the other guys doing their segments. Yes, 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 yes. Is the short answer to that? Like it's very, <laughs> it's a very time consuming thing. We've created a job on top of the band, mm. um, but. You know, it's what we love doing, and yeah. we yeah. we wouldn't do it if we didn't think we had the time or energy for it. Um, but like you know, along with this nervous release, 
like it doesn't stop in the society and like i said we we very want to make sure that people are getting their money's worth so that's just we have a meeting once a week and we decide what's going into society it's all very well orchestrated and, and we plan it out what's going out and um what tiers get what um and that's why like particularly when we release a nervous or when we ever we release a single it's so that's such a big job in itself that mm. you know like we've got two massive jobs on our hands when something like that rolls around um yeah. So yeah, it was it was very difficult, but yeah, it, it's it's what I it's what I love to and and, and I, I honestly don't think our band. I mean, we we would have survived because we wouldn't have let it go under. But last year was obviously fucking hard for everybody, and we planned to do the Sleep Society before COVID nineteen was a thing. But I think it was definitely the silver lining to our last year because it, it and it came. We, and you know we released it at the perfect time because if we didn't do that i don't know what we would have done like it would have been very difficult for us to just be, you know to to maintain our own life because we don't do anything else we put so much effort into the band you know we pay ourselves a wage from this and it's like if we had to like stop and go and do other jobs and and take our attention away from while she sleeps it, it would directly affect that do you know what i mean and and also yeah. we, we we wouldn't have had um the the amount of breathing space to just record the album in the first place and i think i think the sleep the sleep society has almost breathed life into the album yeah um, and i think it's our best work yet so um yeah and it's definitely and, and it's just it's so good for morale do you know what i mean like there's so many people on there and we've got our own discord i know i said at the start of this thing i feel like such a granddad when it comes to discord and it scares me but there's literally <laughs> people there's people in our discord community that's on there like constantly and they like always talking with each other and you know there's a few mental health groups now that people like talk to each other in that's great uh, that's cool yeah so you know it it's it's an outlet for a lot of people and it's not only for our fans for it's for ourselves as well it helps my yeah. mental health having that yeah i think I, you also like in the video for sleep society there was you kind of mentioned it being sort of setting a precedent for other bands as well and i've definitely seen a couple of bands since then doing similar sort of projects whether that was off the back of that or if that was something they were going to do anyway i definitely yeah, think it's a good a thing for different bands to kind of latch on to and do their own, their own little communities because obviously the sleeps community is quite large but there's still going to be big parts of the like society that don't get caught by that and have other places where they'll belong yeah definitely yeah but i think it's definitely something that most bands should should do why not like yeah like if, if there are people out there who give a fuck about your band why do they have to go through a middleman to give you some not i don't want to break it down to like its lowest common denominator of money but like you know that you don't you can't travel the world for free unfortunately do you know what i mean um and yeah so like why should there be somebody in the middle there just being like taking a cut do you know what i mean yeah yeah and i and i don't and i think you know labels do serve their purpose obviously i'm not bad mouthing them but I think this could be a lifeline for so many bands because I've I've witnessed so many bands who we grew up with just drop like flies over the years. And it's not because they want to, it's probably because they signed a really shitty deal and they yeah. can't get out of it and they don't see any way out of it. So they have, so they have to make that heartbreaking decision to not do it anymore, which yeah. is so shit. Like, why is that? Why is that the way? Yeah. Some of like the major, major bands you've seen, I think like it was like a day to remember they had loads of, like problems with their label didn't they with was it victory records or i don't I can't remember what their label was but i remember they 
just I, there was so much stuff about their older albums i can't remember what it was though but big labels can be really dodgy <laughs> yeah they can so you have to be very careful and yeah. you know you have to sign a contract with these people and a lot of it is the the wording and the language within a contract is is made so you hopefully overlook something so definitely get somebody who knows what they're doing to look at it yeah that's what i'd say to anybody because yeah. we found us we've been so naive before in the past we've signed things that put been put in front of, uh, in front of our noses and we've just signed away because we were just like oh my god this is it we're getting a great deal we like finally made it and then we've spent so much of the band's life trying to get back into a position where we can get back to square one and we and we're still doing that so just imagine like the magnitude of debt that we were in at some point you know um but it's, it's only because we've got such a passion for it and we lean on each other in the bands um that it's the only reason we got out the other side i think yeah but yeah it's, it, it definitely seems to, to be working i think by the looks of it it's, yeah. it's definitely doing its doing its job as yeah. much of a job as it gives you <laughs> <laughs> cheers um, yeah um just kind of uh obviously on the subject of other bands as well um is there any kind of stuff you've kind of been checking out or listening to recently any bands that you think have been kind of doing cool stuff at all uh havelock are doing some pretty cool stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay that's 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 a good one that's it, that's it. Let, let's shine the light on you guys no one else they don't deserve it <laughs> havelock and sleeps that's and it that, they're, they're yeah. the two bands you should care about <laughs> i'm just kidding it's a place to be it is it is um Airdrone dagger obviously shot a video for those guys the the other month last month yeah, and they, they it was crazy because like I, that the week that we brought nervous out i had you guys bringing out when we go and then um on the same day that we released uh nervous Airdrone dagger released the music video that i shot for them <laughs> so it was a very it was a very <laughs> busy week yeah <laughs> so well, the video looks sick to be fair i'm glad they I'm glad they. I'm so glad that they got in contact with you to do a video, just because I knew how good it would look. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was something we were trying to make work for a long time, and then COVID got in the way for for most part of it. But I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad we got to make it work. Yeah, we're we're really good friends with them as well. It's it's cool to see see things coming together like that. Yeah, man. <laughs> Definitely. Um, just I mean, I guess if I would just want to plug any more bands, um. Architects' new stuff. I don't know if if you've heard that, but uh, yeah, that I, think, one, yeah. I really, I really do think they're going from strength to strength, and we've been good friends with those guys for so many years. And yeah, I think the new direction that those guys are going, and it's so refreshing to hear. Not that they were getting boring by any means; they fucking are geniuses at writing songs. But it's just it, it it's a, a palate refresher, you know. And yeah. I, and I think yeah, I think the stuff that they're bringing out is so cool at the minute. It's actually the, this is probably the first of their releases that I've really gotten into. And not not that I thought they were bad or anything, but it just wasn't my kind of thing. But then I I checked this out because I saw so many people raving about it, and it's it is actually amazing. Yeah, it really is so good, man. So yeah, I'll plug those guys. They're my friends. Yeah. And new new Beartooth actually as well. Um, yeah. And new Northlane. It's it's all everyone's releasing bangers lately. <laughs> so everyone everyone's had time to work on music. Yeah. Yeah, it's like everybody's had a year to write songs or something. <laughs> that was really uh, refreshing to talk about that mental health thing. Yeah, man. 
You yeah. always feel good after you talk about it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just remember on that, um, when we played the Hawthorne Heights game, when we finished, I went upstairs to our, um, like, back room where all our gear was. And I just had, like, a massive panic attack. And it was, like, definitely in the time where I was, like, having more of them. And I just came downstairs yeah. and just didn't speak to anyone. But I like to think that, like, these days, if that happened, I would be more open with mm-hmm. with with everyone in this chat basically but it's strange it, it always like that one always sticks in my mind because it happened after the show not before the show and it was so horrible because it was meant to be like what you were saying with sean it was meant to be like a moment of like euphoria or whatever and it was just yeah. kind of not ruined but like upsetting and yeah. um, it's, it's weird how they just flick in and out like that it is. It's hugely traumatic when an overwhelming thing comes over you like that, and it's it's mm. not it's not a very nice thing to experience. And it will just be because I've I've found you know like I've been going to therapy now for a couple of years, and it's mm. helped me no end just to be able to um, just to release the pressure valve like every every now and then, you know, yeah, or like, or like periodically, you know, I go like every two weeks, and and it and it's a lot to do with with just trauma and just bottling up and just not being able to talk about things, they will have yeah. a delayed reaction. And the the problem I was having was that I, I lost my mum in my early 20s and I never dealt with it at all. And the way that I did deal with it was drinking and, drink and, um, and drugs. And then when I stopped that, it was like, like, I don't have my coping mechanism anymore. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and, and and the thing that was keeping the cap on the bottle, it was it it, it fell off, you know. And all these yeah. things, all these things came spilling out of me, and yeah. loads of weird shit, man. Like things pop, like you. Everybody's got leftover childhood shit left oh, inside them, and and you have to talk about it at some point, otherwise it's just gonna eat you. Yeah, it is mental. Like, I don't know, without getting like too heavy or whatever. Like I was going through when I was in university, I went to therapy and stuff like that. And then you just like start talking about these things and you don't even realize that that's what's like in your mind. And like, what yeah. am I doing even think about these? But you've just got to deal with it and get on with it. Definitely. Yeah. It's, and th- I think good. therapy should be something everybody does. I think it should yeah. be, it, it should be a regular thing for everybody. And I think it's mm. something that's so stigmatized, especially in the UK, because it, people, if you say you go to therapy to somebody, I think their initial reaction is like, well, what's wrong with you? Yeah. But I, and the answer would be the same things that are wrong with you. And <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, yeah. And I, and I remember going to my therapist and like, you know, going through a period of feeling really good and saying like, you know, I, I think I might be wasting your time now because I, you know, I don't know if there's anything wrong with me anymore. And I mm. think going while you are it's, well yeah. is just as important as going. Why should you wait for a breakdown to go and talk to somebody about things? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so like I, I know it now it's just a regular part of my life, and I would advise anybody to do it because it's it saved my life, guaranteed. Yeah. So there you go, just to get heavy again. <laughs> so yeah, we've we've had quite a a relatively long and actually at times quite serious chat um so we're going to try and do something a bit more fun um which we're going to try and carry on for the rest of them when we have guests on the have a lot down um we have got plans for some more guests um coming up soon which hopefully we'll announce uh, in due time um so this is going to be the quick fire round um and you've basically just got to choose as quick as you can between the two options we give you uh, i think there's 10 10 questions 
Okay. <laughs> Dan, uh, are it. you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's okay. do it. Let's go. Sonic or Mario? Sonic. Sweet or savory? Savory. Moto or, or welcome break? Oh, that's a tough one. Welcome yeah. break. Would you rather what? be able to fly or breathe underwater? Fly. Pepsi mm. or Coke? Coca-Cola. Uh, Pepsi, newfound. Used to be Coke, Ooh, Pepsi. Oh, really? Chipsy with gravy. But chips with gravy or chips with curry? Oh, my God. That's very hard. <laughs> I'd probably say curry. Ooh. <gasps> Sorry. <laughs> uh, black nail polish or black eyeliner? Black nail polish. Defo. Black parade or three, che- three cheers for sweet revenge? Three cheers. And the office or parks and recs? The office. The UK oh. one, right? No, US. Yeah, US. US. Yeah, the US yeah. is really good as well. The US is but, better. Uh, Wait, yeah. are you saying that the UK office is better than the US office, Aaron? I I think so. Okay, Ooh. we're going to win the podcast podca- now. Cheers, guys. Cheers, bye. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> I think the US office is amazing. It's, it's completely different in it, let's it be honest. Um, so I don't, think, I don't think they're comparable, but I'd probably, if, if I was to choose, I would say English office. Yeah. Um. Okay. Wow. That is a very unpopular opinion. Is it? Learn. All right. Is that it now? As our relationship, like seven, seven the ties. You have more music yeah. videos. Sorry. Nothing's changing in you know in a quick fire round. <laughs> <Isn't> it? <laughs> yeah. it can make or break your relationships. <laughs> uh, and that that was almost that was that that was almost like a speed dating thing, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, yeah, and uh, and you didn't, you, you and we're not I, going on a second I, date. I failed. I failed. I still really love the US office, by the way. No, still, still no. All right, I'll see you later. Oh, we'll, we'll, let you off. We'll, we'll let you off. Um, I think it's because we're all watching it currently. As we well. Yeah, we are. Yeah, it's really, it's really good. But I'm a massive Ricky Gervais fan, so. Oh, sorry <laughs> all good so yeah that is going to be the end uh thank you so much for like letting us talk to you aaron for so long we didn't realize yeah, how long we were going to be like sat here for no it's all good when you get in a good flow you don't want to you don't want to disrupt it i've had a really good yeah. time so thank you for having me on yeah, uh, yeah man, thank you everybody thank you everybody who's been listening who's listened to this uh, this episode and uh yeah make sure you check out uh aaron's or other video obviously our videos that aaron's done Make sure you check out all the stuff Aaron's doing, all the sleep stuff. Um, Aaron has a website, right? Yeah, a- amfilms.co. Amfilms.co, all my like, best work is on there. And obviously, um, all the, you know, while she sleeps across all socials, that that's the handle. So, um, yeah, they're my, they're my two babies. Um, so go check it out. Yeah. And yes, yeah, that'll, that's the that's the have a lockdown. Thank you very much. Nice. And yes, yeah, bye. 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 Cheers, guys. See you later. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Bye.